How you doing? This is Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. My name is Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm TJ Miller. And right now you're listening to Sandra Carusi. The one and only Sandra Carusi. Carusin on down the listing highway. Welcome to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Talk Radio, AM 640 and HD Radio. Let's talk comedy, CanCon, and new media. That's all part of it, Dean Young. Yeah. Welcome aboard. Oh, yeah. It's a big part of it. Uh, and we've got some players in all of that, and we're going to discuss it here today. Dean? Play us. We got play, play us. us. Yeah. What, um, there, well, Sandra Battellini was in here a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and uh, the issue came up, and uh, we're going to take it on as a cause here at Inside Jokes uh, to help out the comedy industry in Canada because uh, there's a lot of talent being exported out to the U.S. because there's not enough work here, and there's no grants and funding uh, when you go to the Art Council of Canada website, all the money that Trudeau um, allocated goes to interpretive dance. <laughs> you know, which is great. Yeah, yeah. there's no know? well. Hey, interpretive dancers don't have open mics that they could practice at. So you know, tit for tat. Let's give them money. I don't want to make fun, but the, you know, but there's dance, the media arts, music, theater, visual arts, writing and publishing, Aboriginal arts, uh, audience and market development, uh, equity office. And uh, I don't know, something on the arts office. That's the Canada Council for the Arts on their website where they allocate grants. And uh, nowhere, comedians, if they want to get some of that, maybe in writing and publishing. Yeah, and there's some like digital media and new media. And one of our guests can uh, elaborate on that. But Mm -hmm. uh, what Sandra did was, yeah, she wrote this letter. Sandra Bat. Battellini to uh, Trudeau, to Prime Minister Trudeau, just basically saying there's no specific grants or funding for stand-up mm-hmm. as an art form. Mm-hmm. So. Because we need it first identified as an art form. Yeah. And funny, before this show, Vince Tedesco is here, uh, used to help me on my little podcast, which took place out of an art gallery on College Street called... Um, Peach Gallery. Yeah. And you were a guest on it. Uh, My podcast was called The Art of Comedy. And we kind of spoke uh, about comedy as an art form um, because it is. uh, It's a close cousin to uh, music. And um, we're going to talk about that with our guest today. Uh, Let's start off with the fellow you were referring to, Dean Young. Danny Mendlo. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Wow. I wasn't sure when I'm supposed to start talking. That's okay, darling. Anytime. So you're one of the founding masterminds behind TooFar.TV. And it, it's dedicated to producing and promoting original and uncensored Canadian content, our favorite. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, there's not really uh, many other people doing that in Canada. Mm-hmm. But it makes me popular among comedians, uh, but also broke because of the aforementioned <laughs> lack of funding available. Yeah. You uh, also produce film, television, and online content for Tim Shell Pictures. Correct. Yes, I'm the VP of development there, one of the founding members. Uh, we do primarily uh, film and television. Uh, we also segue into the digital, so there is some overlap with my work with Too Far and Tim Shell. Uh, we do a lot of work up in Sudbury, which has a huge uh, film and television mm-hmm. tax incentive. Um, so I'm able to see the difference between uh, that Sandra was sort of outlining the funding available for film and TV and digital uh, content creation as opposed to comedy, which is pretty much left in the dark. And the the other thing that I think Sandra really articulated well is uh, this sort of unfair um, lack of reciprocity. I think that was the name of yeah. her, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. her Sandra letter. Battellini. I'd like to take credit, but you're talking about Sandra Battellini. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, American comedians can come to Canada, British comics can come to Canada, and in fact, quite often they'll find support 
from within Canada to bring mm-hmm. them here and to finance their tours. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, a Canadian comedian who's trying to even just go and work in the States has to go through years of legal fees and tens yes. of thousands of dollars and prove that mm-hmm. I think the language they use is that you're an exceptional talent. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in the upcoming weeks, uh, we're going to try and uh, flex our big media muscles to try and get some MPs in here and some of the people who are decision makers in the process um, to push it through. Um, because, uh, you know, what I said in my letter to support Sandra Bettolini uh, to the prime minister um, is that, you know, uh, comics are influencers. Uh, and I've sold radio advertising for 25 years and I've explained to advertisers the power of the spoken word. And that is the case in radio, but also as comics. And so when comics were rallied behind Trudeau, to vote him in. Um, we want Trudeau and the Liberal Party to acknowledge and accept that the comic community had something in influencing his the decision to vote him in. Um, you know, those things are hard to qualify and... and um, but we're going to try and get through to him and talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about that on this show, amongst other things. I also want to welcome our other guest, Carmen Melville. Hi. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I've known Carmen. We went to Humber College Radio together. We did. I actually went to both of Toronto's Pulse Academies. I went to Slumber Cottage and Dork U. Look at you. I love his eccentricity. But Carmen, uh, writer, broadcaster, voice actor, 20-year uh, career, wrote on the George Strombolopoulos show, The Hour. That's correct. And you're still writing for CBC now? Yep, I am. Um, I have gone from, you know, uh, the high watermark of Canada's only late night talk show right. to literally late night news writing. <laughs> it's kind of like, a, I feel like the the comedic embodiment of like the burned out sports star. Who, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Bull Durham without the glory. <laughs> but integral part in CanCon was part of uh, writing for the Strombo Show, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that and your contributions because they are great. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that on the show as we get into CanCon and new media here uh, and lots of fun on Inside Jokes. Talk Radio, AM 640. Hi, this is Inside Jokes. I'm Jeremy Hotz. It's not my show. It's Cruiser's show. And it's on Talk Radio AM 640, which you know because you're listening. Inside Jokes. We like talking about comedy around here. And we get people from the comedy world to talk about it. Uh, Everyone from stand-ups to producers to writers. That's what we have here today. Carmen Melville. Hi. Writer at CBC. Former writer on the Strombolopolis show, The Hour. How sad did that go off the air? You know what? Uh, It wasn't... It wasn't entirely sad as much as it was, um, it was a really weird downward arc. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think all shows, especially in Canada, have a 10-year run, first of all, is Mm -hmm. pretty amazing. Yes. Um, And we were able to cover a lot of bases on that show. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could be political, you could Mm -hmm. be funny, you could be slapstick. And within all of that is a lot of room to tell really good Canadian stories. Mm -hmm. But at a certain point, you know, you kind of become a runner the race outran, and then the show starts to drift into weird territories and then executives decide that you're going to go here and you're going to go there. Yes. So I really felt like at the end, um, we all were more philosophical about it, I think. And we put our, our feet up on the desk and we looked back at what we'd done. And, and I think in some ways we felt creatively that our best work was behind us. But at the same time, too, we started taking some chances, I think, and, and got really stealthy with some of the humor that we were able mm-hmm. to do. 
Um, and I th I take a lot of pride in that. But I do. De I definitely miss it. And I kind of yes. think the media landscape misses that show. For sure. And George and somebody who was willing to take chances like that. Like mm -hmm. George himself was not a comedian, mm -hmm. but he had a great love for comedy. And we yes. tried to open the door for a lot of people. And I think with mixed results, because you have programmers who want this and you have right. ratings oriented executives who want that. But uh, he bridged I, all that. That was his talent or yeah, is absolutely. his talent. Uh, so George Strombolopoulos, uh, Carmen Melville and I went to Humber College together. And so I always like to attach uh, myself to these people because they're successful. And uh, we actually tried to get Strombo. He might be in L.A., though, right? We're, we're I imagine right now he's probably uh, surfing. Yes. He might be curled up in the fetal position, rocking back and forth, <laughs> wondering where it all went wrong. You or know he's what? probably basking in the company of hundreds of attractive women. That's oh, that, yeah. the that's a shocker, yeah. like in college. I think he, A and C are the correct. Do you know the first time I ever met George, we were, uh, if I can just stick this in because yes. this is a great Humber story. So yes. you remember this. Yes. Sandra and I and all the other students at Humber were tasked with making these terribly serious radio documentaries as part of a project. And you had to do this <laughs> to graduate. It was like, you know, you pick the topic of your, uh, of your choice. But you had to cut it together. You had to use all your editing skills and everything that you were taught with a limited time frame. And then uh, so studio time itself was at a premium. Yes. You had to yes. book it. Yes. And it was really competitive. So I'd book my, my studio time and I was doing my nerdy little documentary on whatever it was like it's i'm cutting my tape and i'm making my <laughs> contribution to arts and letters and then george had comes tape at the time yes yeah that's right uh and then george just comes waltzing in with like two of the hottest girls i'd ever seen he's like hey man what's up Carm, right <laughs> do, you mi do you mind if i like slide in here like whenever you're done like oh my god and i was like well as it just so happens i'm finishing up because i'm terribly efficient with my time and then he's like cool bro i'll just hang over here yeah with these women <laughs> but he was such a nice guy yeah but he was just he was just like an effortlessly charming nice guy yes. and that's talent yeah. well he um had a mohawk at the time and black eyeliner if we want to talk about 1992 if we could talk about that he probably hates me for that well, i posted even, a picture of us from college he hated he <laughs> even had that going in like the much era too and then yes once he did start doing the hour and stuff you're like oh this is a journalist too. yes you know he's he probably one of the best i also sorry danny mendlow is here also one of the Great Canadian content creators, uh, TooFar.TV, and a real big supporter of Canadian comedy in this country. And um, we're talking about George Strombo because he, right now, um, of course, we don't want to talk about the hockey part, um, which we kind of wish he just we stayed can, on though. the hour. We can, I have some opinions on that. Please. So you can discuss it. Uh, so he, of course, like. from the hour, went on to do uh, Hockey Night in Canada. Carmen, what is your opinion on this? I thought that the entire show was an unnecessary rebrand, and I think George took the fall for that in a lot of ways. Well I mean, said. Yeah, I, because, I mean, he yes. was not the broadcaster, obviously, that's traditionally attached to hockey. And I understand a lot of the people's complaints. Like, I honestly don't think there was a bad guy in that whole situation other than whoever it was who decided to revamp a show that didn't need to be revamped right. so wildly and dramatically. Like, if you remember the first season, I remember thinking, like, even the colors... Mm -hmm. are kind of discordant and kind of clash. And there were so many people, and it was such a hard shift that I always thought you should just transition him in. Mm -hmm. He's a great host. He mm -hmm. loves the game. And it just was such a hard reset. And then in the second season, you'll notice, too, that they started to bring it back down to its more traditional format, but with a younger, hipper, more energetic guy. Yeah. And as it was sort of finding its feet, I think the damage was already done. Yes. And old hockey fans, as we know, are cranky. They yes. don't like change. And I think he ended up wearing that. Uh, had they given it another season, it might have fallen into place. But TV can be cruel. And um, yes. I just, when you reinvent something that's not broken, like, what yes. are you going to get? Like, are you going to completely recast 
right. a winning television show at the height of its popularity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with my advertising background, I'm going to go with, you know, they wanted the younger demo, uh, you know, because you said the aging, the hockey fan, how do you get in new hockey fans to watch it? You need a younger yeah. guy in there. Let's put George to do it, Dean. But you know what? I think even the younger audience of watching of watching Hockey Night, like people Ron were just McLean. skeptical of, of him. Mm-hmm. They were just like, what? This is the, they still saw him as the much music. Guy. Right. Even though this is years later, That's this right. is two big successful Canadian wise anyways shows later. And then they were like, he's not a hockey guy. He what took a doing? fall. Yeah, yeah, he took the fall. Uh, Danny, what do you say about it? I, I mean, I, I'm actually, my parents are both American, so I was raised on football, hence the Pittsburgh Steelers hat. I yes. don't really care about <laughs> hockey, but uh, yeah, my friend, ter- in terms of uh, Strombo in general and the Canadian landscape, I mean, I just had a like multiple separate American comics sort of ask me, like, whatever happened to the Strombo show? I love wow. his interviews. So, I mean, I would say in general, he did an amazing job, and you guys did an amazing job at the hour of... Uh, doing what Canada used to be traditionally amazing at, which mm-hmm. is doing things our own way, and then the rest of the world takes notice and says, hey, look at SCTV, look at yeah. Kenny versus Spenny, mm-hmm. look at Trailer Park Boys, look at mm-hmm. uh, you know Kids in the Hall, this just long, rich history of yes. doing unique, interesting uh, comedy and general content, and then the whole rest of the world says, hey, what's going on in Canada? Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Because yes. I feel like a much of, and, and while it's very polished and I support all the actors and writers behind it, when I see some of the more recent cultural products coming out of Canadian privates, mm-hmm. what I see are uh, very slickly produced Canadian versions of American shows. Yes. yes. You know, yeah. we need yeah. a cop show here that proves it's just as bad yeah. in downtown Toronto. Ricky Blue. God. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's, I don't. It's derivative. The pro- yeah, okay. It's derivative. The We're problem talk I have about is it. that it's upside down. Well, Carmen think- Melville uh, at uh, Danny Mandlo from Kenny versus Spenny is on your um, TooFar.TV. We're going to talk about that too. Dean Young. I'm Santa Cruz. See more on this on Inside Jokes. CanCon on Talk Radio AM 640. This is Kay Trevor Wilson. You're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi. Hakeem Optical makes fine, fine eyewear. Welcome back, Inside Jokes. We're talking comedy in this country of Canada, CanCon and new media, and some people who contributed to that greatly is my old college pal, Carmen Melville, uh, former writer of The Hour, The George Strombolopoulos Show, and current writer for CBC, and Canadian content creator Danny Medlow, and uh, Dean Young, who created uh, the first ever comedy podcast network, TalkHole.co. I'm a very rich man. You're rich. What were you going to say about before well, the break? There's one thing, but first, and one thing I always admired about Strombo, even in later years, like when he was doing The Hour and when he was doing Tonight and all that stuff, he also employed comics. Mm-hmm. He got comics in the writer's room and yes. he would actually be out. You'd like see Carmen. Strombo at shows and he's scouting talent He's because he's he enjoys comedy and he's mm-hmm. hiring these people, which again, doesn't happen enough in our media landscape. Right. And I think we're learning this thing now because we brought up Rookie Blue or, or before <laughs> the break, right? But I think we're finally learning this thing right now after all this time where we can create content in Canada where we don't have to hit people over the head with the hammer of going, don't forget, this is Canadian. This is Canadian. Like, we could have shows set in Toronto mm-hmm. just because it happens to be just another major North American like suits. city. Actually, Suits is... Yeah, we don't yeah. have... Like, because we've always had that identity crisis, right? That yes. national identity, because we grew up next door to the States. We're finally mm-hmm. figuring out, okay, we can produce stuff that's viable and that's mm-hmm. enjoyable and that we can... 
watch and maybe even American audiences will watch without mm-hmm. pouring the maple syrup all over right. everyone, right? We can figure We're ourselves out. We're beyond the flag. We um, are. Well, and it's, Danny? All, it's, a, it's a global audience. And if, yeah. if you don't think so, you're mm-hmm. kidding yourself. The idea of territories is dead. Uh, broadcast television and advertising is going the wayside. It's 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 digital and it's global. And thankfully, yep. we now have a minister of heritage, Melanie Jolie, who's mm-hmm. cognizant of that and has been very vocal of that. I want to you know see what the actual policy ramifications of that are and mm-hmm. how that uh, rhetoric actually translates into cash and right. um, you know policy. We'd... But uh, as of right now, we've we've got a drastic shift in the federal government's mandate, which is fantastic, and she. Saying the two words that I want to hear that the rest of the world is already saying, which is digital and global. And yeah, that's yeah. Really what yeah. It nice. Is. You can uh, make, you you can can make just content. do something about geofencing, though, so I can watch a stupid comedy video without somebody telling <laughs> yes. me it's not available in my... Yeah. And the way they oh. say it's not available in your country, Yes, it's like, I'm not in North Africa. Yeah. I'm yeah. like 30 minutes across yes. the border. <laughs> just let me watch the guy fall down. Yeah. <laughs> this is Toronto. We're here. We're living in nice Buffalo. So, I mean, da- just give us the shows. Yeah, Danny you- Mendlo, uh, the master- one of founding masterminds behind TooFar.TV. Yes, I, I got to love the consistent use of the word mastermind. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I can't think of anything else. <laughs> Just master. I'll, I'll but, take it. Uh, Kenny versus Spenny, the Kenny part. He's yes. got a show on your... Um, no, he doesn't have a show on. I, I, I did slash uh, do a lot of work with Kenny. Um, at one point, he called me the head of Kenny versus Spenny Digital. Uh, more or less, he got a deal a couple of years ago. Um, well, first, he had, he had a serious radio show, so Ben Miner at Sirius gave me a shout. And then um, YouTube was launching these premium YouTube channels where yes. they were trying to figure out what the key was to you know dump a bunch of money into digital content and mm-hmm. make it be more professional. So Kenny got one of the – I think he got the only Canadian uh, comedy channel in that deal. They gave him some money. We tried to do some interesting things with it. Mm-hmm. He put every episode of Kenny vs. Spenny up on his YouTube channel, and we were creating content, curating, taking in videos, and producing stuff. Uh, so that just led to sort of a work friendship um, and then I did a, a bunch of marketing for them. We did a Reddit AMA with Vice that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, You're at the top of Reddit. I do I do a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, mostly just because I understand it and nobody else yes. seems to. You know what I love <laughs> about you? You know, and a lot of uh, com- comedy creators, uh, they're either like Carmen, very eccentric and like just funny like or just very hit or they're very serious like Danny Medlow but like you're hilarious the stuff you create so well I'm also a comedian but I'm just not performing right now yes one of the most annoying things about being a comedian (laughs) that costs extra everyone (laughs) expecting you to perform yeah Carmen you did it when we were in uh, I think you did stand up yeah because I started when we were at Humber uh and where did you you did some yeah I did a little bit I very awkwardly because I didn't know how to do it. Like, that's the thing. I've always had a tremendous respect for it. But it doesn't, like, um, it's easier for me to talk conversationally about anything. And I feel very confident that way. But for me, it's always, like, the stage that kind of, like, you know, from me to you, that transmission yes. throws me somehow. Yeah. And uh, my tendency is to kind of go along. So after a while, I'm just kind of rambling. and Yes. And then it becomes very self-aware. And then I just try to hold the gaze of a particular audience member until it's uncomfortable for both <laughs> of us. <laughs> until they call the police yeah, and go, this of. guy's like too creepy for me. <laughs> yeah. um, I've, but, also, I've also been waiting 10 years for somebody somewhat official with a studio and a microphone to ask me this stuff. So I just, I don't want to 
pass it up by cracking jokes. This is a very serious topic for me. It's <laughs> well, pretty much the focus of my life, and there's a lot to be said that is very serious. Same yeah. here, and I mean, I think we, certainly me and Danny, we're of the same generation. We come from, like, I share a very similar background to Carmen. It turns yes. out we both wrote for the same radio stations and all that stuff. But Danny and I are doing very similar things right now, and that's our bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And it is, I think, an exciting time finally right now in Canadian comedy and in Canadian broadcasting and in new media where the I think the gatekeepers aren't gone, mm-hmm. but they aren't holding the key to everything now. Like you, you people are creating their own content and people are mm-hmm. are creating we're creating our own infrastructure finally yes. in Canadian media. Well we need you know sorry, finish that thought. And well and that's and that's it. Like and, and we're finding a way to actually build this economy for ourselves. Okay. Well a big part of that is um you need a media like and that was the shame about the Strombo show because he gave a platform for so many of these artists to promote themselves. And that's what I'm trying to do with this show one little minute at a time is is, is as long as there's shows, radio, both and TV to support the artists, then we could move the craft forward. Yeah. And trying to convince broadcasters of that. We're going to talk about that after the break and how music has the heads up as a genre, but comedy, not so much. How are we going to do it? This is Santa Cruz with guests Carmen Melville, Danny Mendlow, talking CanCon on Inside Jokes, Talk Radio, AM 640. Hi, this is Sugar Sammy, and you're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra the Cruiser Carusi. Mm-mm-mm, gotta get me some of that. Inside Jokes, some of the best CanCon, uh, I think it can, <laughs> is, uh, is right here uh, in our studio, creators of content. Um, you know, I was talking to my friend on radio, and she was saying, you know, content has been created on radio for a long time. Like, you know, it just seems a catchphrase these days. The difference is there's so many outlets now. Um, you know, Netflix and these uh, content uh, providers um, in the States, there's Hulu, there's uh, here, there's Crave TV, there's, you know, the list goes on and on. And so there is this hunger, especially here at Chorus for content. We're talking on break, Carmen Melville, uh, you work at CBC, they're looking for lots of comedy content. Yeah, no, they're really investing in it. And they're seeing a lot of success, like Baroness Von Sketch. Yes. I mean, that show is five Hot. seconds old yes. and it's already a tremendous success. It just right? started in June. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's already proving how well that can work mm-hmm. for smart women, really funny sketches mm-hmm. and the show is put together brilliantly. You can you can run it as a half hour episode yes. or you can chop it up and DVD it however you want. So and it's that's what they per- do online. It's yeah. a perfect working model mm-hmm. and it's made right here and in a way what it does is it's, it's a real... I think a, a just and needed slap in the face mm-hmm. of programmers who are like, well, you just can't have that. And they're like, oh yeah, well here it is in like 30 seconds. Right. And there's five or s- 10 more shows. I don't know what Danny's got, but Danny Menlo yeah, here. 10 bucks, like within yeah. 30 seconds of getting past that pitch, he'd be on because all of those walls are falling down. Yes. Shows like that, uh, Letter Kenny, which yes. incidentally, Letter Kenny, loosely based on Listowel, Ontario. Yes. I literally grew up Two towns over from what, Listowel, Ontario. What is so that again? The in, uh, Your List, town. Palmerston, Ontario. Yes, I remember that. 
Yeah. Palmerston was the uh, was the the dumb cousin to Listowel. <laughs> <laughs> Listowel had Modines. We had the Palmer. <laughs> well, we um, Letter Kenny. Let's talk about that because that's, that's uh, a good segue. Because uh, I mean, that, that's I've spent the better part of the last two or three years in Northern Ontario, Sudbury, Perry Sound, Sault Ste. Marie. So they've got a, a tax incentive up there, mm-hmm. um, sort of partially private, partially government, um, but it's a very effective economic stimulus program. And nice. and the projects when we first started going up there were in the like one to two million dollar feature film range. Mm-hmm. Now this year you have a full NBC series shooting in Perry Sound. Wow. Letter Kenny's moving on to season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, film we produced last year called Antibirth has its theatrical premiere in September. Stars nice. Natasha Leone and Chloe Seven. You're getting bigger stars, bigger projects, yes. bigger budgets. Um, so it works. Yeah, because the American dollar is so strong too. So it, it was worth the film industry to come back and start filming here again because they had stopped when we're at par for a while. Yeah. Let's always talk about the business part of show business. It's just amazing big... that, it, that, that it's taken that long for people to seriously, like Danny's saying, consider the business aspect of what do you all mean? of this. Of comedy. I mean, like, just oh, these, yeah. These, and identifying there's yeah, a lot these, of money to be made. These objections mm-hmm. and barriers that we're trying to knock mm-hmm. down. I mean, the Americans would just sort of scratch their head and be like, I mean, this is this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, they'd watch it. It's not hard ourselves. to monetize yeah. this What's stuff. That, it's not uh, hard to create an industry. Yes. Well, like Carmen's right. Like, they they would just sit there and watch us shoot ourselves in the foot. Yes. It's they they it's don't crazy. understand it. When, when I talk to American producers, they just scratch their head. They don't understand head. the lack of support in Canada for comedy? No, they just don't understand our structure, uh, how we find finance things uh, mm-hmm. how i mean you know partially it's it's that we're so dependent on uh, government money and, yes. and funding applications that, yes. that just doesn't exist although they are getting uh more active on the state level uh in terms of tax credits down there mm-hmm. so, so now we're having to compete with uh louisiana and ohio and north carolina and a lot of these uh States, Georgia, that have pretty pretty decent tax credits, mm-hmm. with, um, which but is just that's more they, to make our own stuff. That's right. Yeah, right. And and that's uh, one one thing here. I just wanted to say, like maybe we are finally on our way to a Canadian star system because we are in the infancy of new media in terms of content creation. We really are. Well, right? even yeah, we are. Like I I went and sat down with this incubator program yesterday, mm-hmm. right for for nice. for talk hole. And the, and we had the whole meeting and everything, and they're and they're they're just kind of like, okay, well, we we have to figure out where to sort of place you and how this would work because we've never done anything like this. Yes, which Brand is new. funny because in the mm-hmm. states, yeah, you have like multiple networks like that that mm-hmm. have existed for a long time now, for the last decade since podcasting's been a thing. Yes. So we're finally just sort of figuring that stuff out Guys, in Canada right now. Listen to me, this show right here about comedy. There's nothing on terrestrial radio about it. It's taken yeah. 25 years. I started pitching it for the first time, Carmen, right when we came out of college. It was hmm. the first the first PD I pitched uh, uh, about it uh, in the 90s. And he, and of course, in typical PD form, it was like, oh, no, people don't want to listen to comedy on radio. Yeah. No, they want to listen to radio broadcasters <laughs> yeah. who think they're funny, but let's not have actually funny people on you know what doing people, a show. No, you know what people want? They want a lot of traffic. <laughs> yeah. They want you to reiterate last night's show. <laughs> And they want the same I Mother Earth song that you yes. heard all day. <laughs> and you know That's funny. what they want. Walk on the radio. That's right. I my slept buddy. in my office last night, by the way. Do you, my do, buddy do you know Carver what people Nolan. want? They want to be told what they want yeah. rather than just sit back and look at Mark Marin, WTF, yes. Joe Rogan, Opie and Anthony, Biggest et cetera, et cetera. Seth, We're going to yep. talk about that. Uh, Carmen Melville, uh, my old buddy from... Uh, college is here uh and writes for cbc uh great uh, comedy content 
writer, creator Danny Menlo. More on this on Inside Jokes Talk Radio, AM 640. I'm South African comedian Trevor Noah, and you're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Talk Radio AM 640. Sandra Carusi, Inside Jokes, one of the only shows on terrestrial radio about comedy. It only took 25 years in the making. Nice to be here finally, but uh, glad to finally do it and give a platform to comedians and content creators like Danny Menlo in studio, uh, writer Carmen Melville, and our own uh, Dino Youngo. Um, Dean, what were you going to say? We you were talking Italianize about this. it. Yeah. Uh, well, just in Canadian radio, there's a good example, right? Like CanCon laws in Canadian radio have, have been great for the most part for Canadian musicians, right? 30%. Sometimes, yeah. Yep. And sometimes you just hear a bunch of Neil Peart drum solos all day, and that's <laughs> great too. We've all been there, but it, it helps Canadian musicians. Mm-hmm. It's such a different thing in comedy. I've had actual conversations with PDs, mm-hmm. and this is in small town, like small market radio stations, Yes. where I'm like, hey, so-and-so comic is passing through town, they're yes. there like taping a debaters or something for yes. CBC. Can you get them on your morning show to plug this? Well, no, because we, we don't know who that is. Yes. They're there taping a thing for CBC. Like, they're we know who big they enough are. For you? And yeah. how do you think people find out who they are? That's yes. the exact problem yeah. right there in Canada. If that was literally why I started too far was people, yeah. I, people I idolized and thought were untouchable. You know, Rob Pugh, Darren yep. Frost, uh, you know, these yes. are gods in the comedy community. Yes. Uh, you you start talking to them for five minutes and like nobody's doing anything for them. So I just yeah. set up a yeah. camera and started filming them, mm-hmm. and that was how I started the the website. It was the same thing with with Taco. I got just got so fed up after you know like a decade of that, and it's it's crazy. It's like how do you think we build that star mm-hmm. system? You're gonna you have some small town radio station with like maybe 10,000 local listeners or something, and you aren't going to put this touring comic going coast to coast on there. You're going to put your local Ukrainian dance troupe on the show instead, you know? That frustration. If I can use this as an opportunity to put a (laughs) self-interested plug in for the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. (laughs) (laughs) Can I... You have just yourself right there made like a profound justification for the 30 bucks or whatever it is that costs us every year for the CBC. And I'm not saying that the institution is perfect. It's flawed like any is. Mm -hmm. But it's set up with the express purpose of bringing Canadian stories, comedy, all of that stuff to Canadians. It's the sole reason why it exists. And I don't think every choice they've made has been a perfect one. Obviously yes. not. Like yes. shows come and go. But I would say, where have the privates been for what fifty years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. spend a little bit of money, right. earmark a little bit of funding, mm-hmm. and don't be so you know cocksure in your assessments about what people want. Yeah. Like, yeah. take a chance. Like, literally, ask somebody who's cool. Yes. If you're not cool enough to know, like Danny says, who That'll the comic is. Yeah. Uh, programmers not going to do that. Boggles my mind. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how so, that works. So Phil King, he was uh, he's not at CTV anymore, but he was the one, uh, he was on a panel at JFL last year, and they were talking about the success of Letterkenny. At that time, last summer was probably just one season, whatever it was. And the, the Letterkenny came about, it was on YouTube first, as you guys yep. know. It, he said it flat out, because it had 7 million viewers... That's why we picked it up. And so broadcasters have always been gun shy. They would have never, ever taken that if those guys went and pitched it to them directly. The show had to come out. It had to develop its own following. And that's how big broadcasters are doing it now. And um, it's sad. But whatever it takes. concept is the word, yes. What what is the word, though? What's that mean? It, It means go do it yourself. Somehow find 
tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars, produce great, amazing, right. professional-level content, and then maybe we'll listen <laughs> and we can yeah, start yeah. the conversation. Do you know, the Kevin- these are people who are still list- like still watching Seinfeld first-season reruns. <laughs> and like, I know comedy. <laughs> Remember that time Kramer came in with a black eye and he's like, do you have a steak, Jerry? See, I know comedy. So I'm going to just make all the financial decisions yeah. for everybody. I'm going to yes. pull all the strings. Oh well, even God. like when, when Badalini was in here talking about her, yes. her letter, she made, again, a good point too. Just like, why aren't there also private investors in Canada that are willing to invest in Canadian content and stuff like that? Because mm-hmm. yeah, the, the CBC is the only really big part of the machine that's here to and again yeah of course they aren't okay, perfect they got but billions and funded let's just preserving talk our national culture yeah. because we do have that identity crisis and we do i had this prof in film school and i talk about this a lot but it's always resonated with me it always stuck with me mm-hmm. and he told me he said the biggest thing the biggest problem you're gonna have to face as an artist in canada making canadian mm-hmm. content is to actually be able to figure out what our national identity is what it means to be Canadian, mm-hmm. right? Because you hear the word America, you get just a billion... Well, it's tragically hip. ...images that, floating go. through your head. Yeah, in, in Canada, we're always sort of figuring that out. Like, we're, we're so much more than just Tim Hortons and hockey mm-hmm. and the weather and maple syrup mm-hmm. and all that crap, right? We're, so we're hosers who like bar rock and the lead singer is a poet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, hang <laughs> That's on. Apparently Let's just, let me just be the devil's advocate. But it's so delicate to preserve this, and create Okay, because this is place. occurring in a, uh, in a private... Uh, broadcaster studio. So yeah. I have to yep. I have to present their side on this. I've yep. sold advertising for commercial radio for 25 years, yep. okay? Let's just talk about, in all fairness to the programmers, CBC could take greater chances because they're publicly funded and the funds are there. Yeah, of course. Let's but that's, what, that's that. exactly why it was set up, though. So, I mean, I, right. I, I understand okay, yeah. your argument. Yeah. You're talking about an yeah. unfair competitive model. Right. I would argue that the CBC was never set up to compete with the privates. It was set up by an act of parliament to tell stories mm-hmm. that privates have never deemed monetizable. So it's there. To they just do a can't job. take the risk. Well, they can't take the risk or they've chosen not to. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I would argue that in recent decades, and mm-hmm. I, like, I mean, I think Danny would back me up on this, if some of the privates had just set aside X amount of development money yes. and created something like an incubator, yes. then I think a lot of this argument would just sort of evaporate. Yes. But I don't see that initiative. Well, in any uh, of the, the privates by, by the until they crave came along. Yes. By, by, by yeah. the nature of my position, like uh, I'm not going to disparage anyone because the essentially joke going around uh, in my world, which is developing and, and trying to sell mm-hmm. content in Canada, yeah. is there's four doors to knock on, and that's the reality. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where the dust has settled. Chorus, that, Rogers, is that Chorus, what you Rogers, Bell, Bell, CBC. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's, that's so you got to be nice to everybody, yeah. and you're happy to be in a chorus I'm office. Not, I'm, not even, yeah. I'm not even being not nice to them. Also, I'm just I've got a show that I'm selling right now. That's what we're here to talk about. We're going to talk about, after the break, about Kin Community Canada, and I'll tell you what that's about. I'm on this is Inside Joke, Santa Cruz on Talk Radio AM 640. Hey, this is Russell Peters, and you're listening to Sandra Juicy Carusi. <laughs> we're having a great discussion here on Inside Jokes. This is a show about comedy, and we're talking about uh, Canadian content, uh, comedy content, with Carmen Melville. Uh, writer for CBC, formerly of the Strombo Show, and Danny Menlo uh, from Too Far TV, a, ga- a great 
Canadian content creator. I was talking about Kin Community. It's actually Chorus uh, who owns it. It inspires and informs women around the world with home-focused content uh, about food, parenting, and such. And it's almost um, like a breeding ground. And then from there, they take the hosts and put them on network here on Chorus and such. I don't know if that's evolved now, so I don't want to speak on their behalf. But I do want to talk about how uh, private broadcasters are now evolving and really moving into identifying the merits of content that you could find online. And, um, you know, the show that precedes this one is the video gaming show. And it, it was it existed online, and it's now on terrestrial radio. So we're slowly getting there. Yep. Um, and, you know, private broadcasters, because we're publicly funded here at Chorus, um, you know, you got to answer to a whole team of shareholders. And, uh, you know, it's not that easy to program radio or television um, when you can't just look at the artistic or creative merits of the programming, yeah. when you do have to look at how can we monetize it. And as a career advertising person, you guys know me, Carmen and Dean, because you guys wrote copy for me yeah. when I was I a salesperson. I got my start in advertising as well. Did so. you? You yeah. too? Political and interest So we group. get the sales side of things. So just in fairness, yeah. what do you say, Dean? Well, uh, and, and Chorus is is producing a lot of content right now. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I see that. And also, listen, I've been in bed with everyone over the years. Uh, I've always loved Funny, Chorus. Funny, me too. Right? I've, I've always here. loved Chorus. It's a beautiful studio. Okay, that's not a blowjob. We out. got a slide here. They give yeah. you free coffee. Rogers doesn't give you free coffee when you go in there. Can There's I? No can green I Carmen Rogers. worked at Chorus too here. Yeah. I worked at, I've, I didn't, you guys had moved, I had moved from Chorus uh, long before this building was built. But right. if I can just point out the similarities between this giant Borg cube that yes. you guys are in and the <laughs> yeah. Borg cube that I currently am. CBC, yep. Yeah. This giant square building looks very much it's like it's very glamorous, it's yes. very colorful. This looks like a portrait of the dystopian future if Aldous Huxley <laughs> won the debate <laughs> yeah. between Brave New World means? in 1984 yeah. and the CBC but budget cuts. It's f- sort of falling into a Soviet era <laughs> degree uh, yeah. of disrepair. <laughs> And Rogers is the missing from the walls. And this is here. Like, you guys are, like, taking Soma and look partying. At the, looking yeah. at the lake and the we're beach. Being, we're being monitored, you know, sort of like, <laughs> have you have you made a long, meandering documentary about Glenn Gould yet? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I always Can we discuss some true. dead philosophers? When Carmen speaks, I've always had to Google. Long before Google was around, I needed yeah. a dictionary around him. Um, Although, th- thankfully, Harper didn't finish the job that he set out to do. And now there's, uh, I think, a truckload of cash coming at some point yeah into diehard sometimes three. i wonder though if he was like if he was like muhammad ali like the cbc's falling and he's like do i hit george foreman on the way down or do i just <laughs> let him fall but, it, but it, yeah it, the cbc didn't quite well die. i just thank god make we a, got out of that i just uh we never know george strombo might come back and that means carmen melville will come back writing for that because he's a brilliant brilliant comedy writer uh thank you danny menlo um plug something uh, Rob, <laughs> lots of things. Uh, watch, pay for, uh, buy tickets to and albums from Canadian comedians. Well said. Uh, send them to people in other countries. That's the biggest thing we need to uh, work on is uh, we have the talent. We need to export it to the rest of the world. Rob Pugh is currently uh, touring his first album, uh, perhaps the best Canadian stand-up of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he It's called Pugilist. It's on iTunes, yes. Spotify. He's in Edmonton this upcoming weekend. 
I don't know if this is going to okay. air by then. Vancouver, Abbotsford, etc. Okay, September 10th, I'll be at the Pasta Fest at Woodbridge Fairgrounds. <laughs> I know, what a segue, right? <laughs> I love it. Uh, September 14th, Dean, it's our broke night. Yeah. We're bringing comedy to the credit. That's right. Uh, September 25th, please buy tickets to the After Breast Cancer Pink Diamond Gala. I'll be speaking there. And thank you so much. Please support Canadian com- Comedy. Carmen. I want to plug something. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. a lot of plug. Yeah, Carmen Melville. Okay, I, I just want to quickly man. plug, uh, if you get a chance, go see Sophie Cone, she's a great rising comedian. Oh, I worked with her at CBC, and then also a really funny web series. If you haven't already seen it, uh, three really funny guys: Jim Annan, Scott Montgomery, and Kurt Smeaton. They have a really funny web series called "The Whole Truths." Yes, and they're just uh, idiotic, hopelessly uninformed knowledge experts, and they will just uh, <laughs> like comically you. misinform you on a number of topics. I love seeing you, Carmen. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for my inside jokers: Vince Tedesco, Tommy Tech Tech, Dean Young, Tevin. <laughs> Uh, I don't know his last name. Tommy Tech Tech. Tech Tech. Some other guy. That Please plant. stay tuned after the show on YouTube and uh, check us out on iTunes. Thanks for listening to Canadian content. Support us and feed the troops in the studio. Santa Cruz on Inside Jokes Talk Radio AM 640. Hi, it's Techie Tom. It's this week's Comedy RX featuring Carmen Melville. You know, Carm, I never get excited about guests on the hour anymore, but Tom Cruise... That is huge. I know. Everyone is so stoked. And personally, I am feeling the need. The The need need for for speed. speed. Yes, sir. Yeah. A few weeks ago, I thought getting Tom Cruise was a mission impossible. Yeah. Hey, guys. Tom Cruise completes me. Yeah. Because he had me at hello. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey. Show me the money. Show me the money. Hey, you want the truth? You You can can handle handle the the truth. truth. Yeah. Cocktails, anyone? Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) Nobody puts baby in a corner. (laughs) Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) Highway to the danger zone. (laughs) Highway to the danger zone. Whoa, 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 whoa. Really? Honestly, guys? We got a big show that's going to start in one minute, and I'm sitting here hearing all your Tom Cruise references? Quit it for the love of God and settle down. Jesus. Hey, guys. Yeah, I get it. Ron Kovic, born on the 4th of July. Real mature, Paul. I've been in the hospital for three months. <coughs> awesome. And you could always uh, contact us here. I want to thank uh, producer Vince Tedesco and our technical producer Tom. Contact us at uh, Instagram or Twitter at InsideJokes640 on Facebook. and uh, Or check out my website, SandraCruci.com. Thanks for listening each week on the world of comedy here on Inside Jokes. Talk radio, AM 640.